Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Synergen Leadership Podcast. For those of you who are listening for the first time, my name is Julian Carl and I am CEO and co-founder of Synergen Group and once again really happy to be here with you. Look, I'm passionate about all things leadership and management, so passionate in fact that I decided to start a podcast about it. And here we are in season two and my purpose for the podcast continues to be the same, to raise the standard of leadership. So in today's show, I introduce some content around the importance of setting expectations as a leader. This is our first content episode for season two, and it's also the first content episode that's been specifically designed to be part of our curriculum ecosystem, but more about that at the end of the show. Setting expectations is one of the most important things a leader can do to make sure they're getting the most from their teams and importantly, from themselves. During the episode, I'll explore setting expectations from three perspectives, self, manager, and team, and I'm going to ask you to take the time to answer some questions. I'll also make the link between setting expectations through the lens of result and behavior while tying them to your organizational values. I will weave in the idea of using the balanced scorecard as a mechanism for fleshing out expectations and focus in on the importance of being adaptable in your approach. I end the episode with the idea of commitment and measurement and why these are so important when it comes to setting expectations. So keep listening and as always, we'd really like to hear your thoughts about setting expectations. And if there are any leadership or management ideas or content that you would like me to explore on the show, please send me through an email or LinkedIn message. Now on with the show. Happy listening. Welcome to the Synergen Leadership Podcast with Julian Carl. Julian returns in 2019 with weekly conversations with leaders and authors from Australia and around the world, giving you the opportunity to share in their journey and learn from their expertise and knowledge. Julian also shares some of the tools and techniques he uses as a leader, mentor and facilitator, helping you to build your leadership capability and improve your confidence as a leader. So I'm super excited to be here again to share another content episode with you. And it's one of the ones which has often come up in the programs that we run as a challenge for many leaders. And it's this idea of setting expectations. Now, one of the challenges that I've I've found is that many, many leaders aren't always clear in setting their expectations with the people that report to them. But what we also find is that those leaders haven't had their expectations clearly set with them by their leaders. And so it goes on and on. Setting expectations is one of the most important aspects of effective leadership. And like I said, our research shows that in many cases, these expectations are not clearly articulated. So this obviously impacts people's ability to perform at their best, which impacts the performance of the team and the organization. So what I'm gonna encourage you to do as we go through this content is that we really need to clearly understand what is expected of us because that allows us to perform at our best. We need to know what we need to do, why we need to do it, and importantly, how we're gonna do it. And that clarity comes from understanding what is expected from us also allows us to ensure that we're able to effectively satisfy the requirements of our role. Now, effective leadership requires us to understand the context for how we set expectations and to ensure that they're understood. Now, many leaders who are listening to this might make the dangerous assumption that I make, the assumption that people know what's expected of them. I like to think that the people around me are suitably intelligent, and they are, 
The challenge is me, not with them. The challenge is I make the assumption that they just automatically know what's going on and what I expect from them. So it's a very dangerous assumption to make. So I personally working pretty hard to make sure that I'm getting better at setting expectations, hence why I thought it was probably such a relevant topic to talk about in today's episode. So we also know that people are different and so it must be that we need to communicate our expectations in different ways to best suit the needs of each of the people that are working with us. And this is one of the the biggest mistakes leaders make is that they tend to have their standard approach, if they do it at all that is. Now because people are different we need to make sure that we have the ability to adapt, that we have the ability to set expectations in a way that's going to work for the person that you're speaking to. And so when it comes to these expectations, there's three distinct categories that I'd like you to consider as a starting point. Now the first is self, and this is what are your expectations of yourself? Now this takes a little bit of time to to get your head around in terms of that expectations aren't just about what you expect from your people, it's about what you expect from yourself. But I'll go into this a bit more detail once I give you the high level. The second category is this idea of manager. So in other words, what are the expectations of your manager? So what is your manager expecting from you? And the third category or distinction I'd like to make is the team. What are the expectations of my team? What do they want from you? What do they need from you? What are they expecting from you? And what we need to acknowledge is that although effective leadership requires us to be very clear in our expectations, It's also important to recognise that they have expectations of us. So let's start at the beginning. The expectations of yourself. This requires you to consider how you're going to approach your leadership role and importantly, how clear you are in terms of your own standards of communication and leadership. Now I'm always talking to leaders in my rooms about the need to raise their standard. Whatever their standard is, I believe you can raise it just that little bit more. It's almost as though that idea of continuous improvement, it just needs to be embedded in your thinking about how you can be better, how you can be a better leader. And so when, when you think about yourself, what are you prepared to accept from your team? What are you prepared to accept? What are the standards that you apply to yourself? What's okay in your view? Now this is gonna be different for each and every one of you. And what's important to consider here is that if you're not clear about this, if you're not clear about what your expectations are of yourself, well then you're not gonna be able to clearly articulate what it is you're expecting of those around you. And importantly, if you need to push up or push sideways and get clarity around expectations, you're not gonna be in such a good position to do it. Look, the most effective way to achieve clarity around this is take some time to reflect. It's something which is so important, but quite often, it's something which we don't often do as leaders. And that's because we're often very time poor. Now, more and more is being expected from us, and in most cases, this comes with the reality that you're not gonna get more and more resources. So this idea of self-reflection is one of the most important tasks you can undertake. So what I'd like you to do is I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions and I'd like you to think about what your answer is. And if you feel like going back and pausing the podcast and then writing down that, that's great too. But the first question I'd like you to ask yourself is what type of leader do you want to be? 
So there's so many versions of leaders out there. You can go into Google and see what is the definition of a great leader and you're gonna have all these examples come up. There's probably great leaders that you've worked for in the past and there's probably leaders that aren't so good that you've worked for in the past. And that's why it's important to think about what type of leader you want to be. Quite often people will start, start this idea with what do they like to do and what are they good at. I actually don't mind this approach because I'm a big believer in playing to your strengths. I think it's also important to think about what sort of values do you hold as an individual and how importantly are they aligned to your organisation because all of that is going to play into the idea about what type of leader do you want to be. Now quite often people will assign certain words to themselves. Some people will say they want to be inspirational, motivational. Some people will say firm but fair. Some people will say technically proficient. It, it doesn't matter as long as you're clear about what your answer is. Now when you've answered that question, what type of leader do you want to be, I'd like you to think about what sort of actions do you need to take to actually be that leader? What type of actions do you need to take? Are there certain things that you need to do to be that type of leader. The second question I'd like you to ask yourself is this idea of how am I going to approach my leadership? How do you want to approach it? How do you want to go about it? Are you the sort of person that wants to get up, be the first person in, the last person to leave? Are you the sort of person that is going to really be focused on delegation? to really start to build the team around you? Are you gonna be the sort of leader who approaches their leadership by uh, micromanaging? Please don't do that. I put that in there as an example of what not to do. No one likes to be micromanaged. Are you gonna be the type of leader who approaches your leadership by trying to empower those around you? So, th so again, this is really about how you're going to approach your leadership. I'll give you an example. My approach to leadership is people focused. For me, it's about the people focus. I know that one of the talents I have personally is my ability to build relationships, and I know that one of the things I like to do is have people around me that don't need me monitoring every little thing that they do. I believe in employing people with the right attitudes and mindset rather than technical skill, because I know I can train people in the technical skill side of things. So I approach my leadership very much from a people perspective. And you know, that may change at certain times of year. So obviously, when it comes to the end of financial year, I'm approaching my leadership through the lens of financial profitability and, and what does that mean for the people in my business synergy group. And so I think the actions that flow from that are very much you know, trying to continue to build the relationship with people, trying to demonstrate to my team that I value them as people, as individuals, and the contribution they make. So hopefully that's given you a bit of insight into this idea of the second question, which is how are you going to approach your leadership? Third question I'd like you to ask yourself is this idea of what are your responsibilities as a leader? Now this is an interesting one because some people will take this from the perspective of what are their responsibilities from a technical point of view. And that's important. It's important to know what the technical parts of your role are. But what are your leadership responsibilities? Do you have responsibilities to delivering a, a performance review in a really professional manner once a year? Do you have leadership responsibilities that require you to communicate every week at a toolbox or a meeting or shift briefing or whatever it is? 
Do you have responsibilities that require you to report to senior managers or whatever it may be? It's just about, again, getting that clarity around what are your responsibilities. And then the, the next part to the same question is what actions do you need to take to make sure you're meeting those responsibilities? For example, if you're, one of your responsibilities is managing the performance review process, well then one of the actions you need to do is you need to lock your calendar down. You need to make sure that you've got those locked in because what tends to happen in my experience is people often leave these things till quite the last minute and as a result, we don't always deliver a fantastic performance review. Fourth question I'd like you to ask yourself is, am I consistently, or are you, consistently turning up as the best leader that you can be? So in other words, are you being consistent? Have you got your mind right? Have you got your head right so that when you turn up, you're being the best leader you can be, that you literally are switched on from the start? One of the challenges of leadership is that we not only have responsibilities to ourselves and managing our own state, but we need to do that for the people around us. If we're having personal challenges, an example, we've got to acknowledge that that can potentially have an impact on the people around us when you're in a leadership role. So it's important to think about how are you turning up as a leader? Are you the best leader that you can be? And again, it's about this idea of raising your standard. I haven't come across the perfect leader. I don't think there is a perfect leader. But all we can ask of ourselves is, are we looking to improve? Are we trying to be the best leader that we possibly can be? And the final question I'd like you to ask yourself in this idea of your expectations of yourself is, are you clear about the things that are most important to you as a leader? Now, again, this is asking you to self-reflect. This is asking you to step back and think, you know, what's really important to you as a leader? What are the standards that are important to you? What are the relationships that are important to you? What are the practices that occur within your team that are important to you? So again, it's an answer which requires you to reflect a little, take the time. And then again, the follow-up is, what are the actions that you need to take to meet whatever that answer is that you've put down there. So it becomes really, really important for you to get clear around these expectations of yourself so that you know where you stand so then you can clearly articulate expectations for those around you. So now that we've had a bit of a look in terms of your expectations of yourself, what are the expectations of your manager? So the number one reason globally that people leave their role is because of the relationship with the manager. The relationship you have with your manager is such a crucial one and many people underestimate the importance of having a relationship which is built on trust and mutual respect. So this idea of trust and mutual respect is a bit of a challenge for many leaders and in many cases it's not because of neglect that we fail to effectively communicate with our managers. Sometimes it's simply because everyone's busy and the most important aspects of building the solid foundation of a relationship get pushed to the side. So this is why it's important to understand what your manager is expecting of you. With this in mind, we've got to think about as leaders, how do we create a sense of alignment with our managers to ensure that you're focusing on the things they want you to focus on? To do this, at the very least, you have to have a conversation about what your manager expects of you. So the first framework that I'd like to introduce to you around this idea of building expectations with your manager 
It's very simple. What I'd like you to do is get clear around your organizational values. So if you've got four organizational values, I want you to list four organizational values down the left-hand side on a piece of paper. If you've got five, if you've got six, just list whatever those organizational values are. Next thing I'd like you to do is think about what are the tasks, the actions, and the results that you believe your manager would like you to achieve against each of those values. So what are the, the tasks results? I'll, I'll give you an example. So a lot of the organizations we work with have uh, safety as a value in their organization. So one of the things that they could be looking for in terms of a result is a reduction in lost time injury or complete near miss reports. So these are the sorts of things which are gonna align uh, your manager's expectations of you with the values of the organization. Now this is an important distinction to make because what it means is you're on very solid ground as a leader that you're always going to be aligned to your organizational values. Now, now that you've looked at each of the values and the tasks, actions and the results, I'd like you to look at it from the point of behaviors. So what sort of behaviors do you believe your manager wants you to demonstrate against each of these values? For example, if we stick with a safety idea, your manager would obviously want you to demonstrate certain behaviors which show the people in your team that you actually take safety seriously. So it could be things like not making throwaway lines, that you know I'm just doing this because management want me to. It could be that uh, you know when you're talking to people that you make safety a focus of the conversation. So I'd really like you to think about what are the behaviors that you believe your manager wants you to demonstrate. So now what you have is a very simple framework that you can go and have a conversation with your manager around. You can either do it collaborative where you can sit down and work with each other on this, or you could fill it all in and then actually sit down and say, hey, this is what I've done, what do you think? Now, if you wanted another framework to explore expectations of your manager, one of the things you can use is what's called the balanced scorecard methodology. So this was originally developed in 1992 by Robert Kaplan and David Norton. And since then, the balanced scorecard has been taken up by hundreds of organizations. And quite often what happens is they'll tweak it a little to suit themselves. But essentially what the balanced scorecard does is it divides everything into four uh, distinct sections. And it allows you to then dig deeper if you wanted to use this tool as a way of setting expectations. So the first part of the balanced scorecard is this idea of learning and growth. So the, the sort of subset question to that, if you want, is how can you sustain your ability to achieve our chosen strategy? So this is really where, in terms of expectations, you're talking to your manager about, okay, this is where we want to go, this is what we want to achieve. What are you expecting from me around that? What sort of learning do you want me to deliver to my team? What sort of growth are you looking for from my team? Second part of the balance scorecard is this idea of internal businesses, business processes. And this is the sub question beneath that is what must we excel at to satisfy our customers and shareholders and financial backers? So again, what this allows you to do is have the conversation with your manager about what are you expecting from me around our processes? Do you want me to constantly look for new and innovative ways of doing things? Do you want me just to document the processes we have? So this is another way you can start to dig deeper around the expectations that your manager has of you. Now the third part of the balance scorecard is customer. 
to achieve the vision, how are we going to appear to our customers? I'm a big believer that expectations need to uh, be designed to meet the needs of our customers to allow you to provide a better level of service, a better level of quality to your customers. So I think it's really important that you take the time and include the customer question. And the fourth part of the balanced scorecard framework is financial. So I'm a big believer that the financial part of your leadership is, is, is vitally important. So it could be that you have the conversation with your manager around what does it mean in terms of overtime? What does it mean in terms of uh, CapEx? What does it mean in terms of OpEx? Really gonna depend on your personal situation and the leader in terms of how much financial visibility that you have. But I'm a big believer, you need that financial visibility if you're gonna be the best leader you can be. So there we have two simple frameworks. The one that's aligned to your organizational values where you look at task action results and behaviors. And the second is aligning expectations to the balanced scorecard methodology, which again is another way of setting up clear expectations that your manager has of you. So the next thing I'd like to, to introduce into this episode is this idea of what are your team's expectations of you? And there's two perspectives you need to consider here. The first is what is your team expecting from you as a leader and manager? And the reason it's important to think about this, it'll allow you to complete a very, very quick diagnostic about your own effectiveness as a leader. You'll be in a much better position to think about how you are performing and you can do whatever you need to do to address that. The second aspect to why it's important is understanding the why are they expecting it from you. Because if you understand the why, you'll be in a much better position to determine are you prepared to actually meet that expectation. So it's a very, very simple activity again that I'm going to encourage you to do. I want you to list all the things that you believe that your team is expecting from you. And then I'd like you to think about all the reasons why they might be expecting it from you. Is it going to enable them to perform better at their task? Is it just an, something that they've had in a previous relationship with the manager? There's a whole range of reasons why they may be expecting certain things. I think it's important for you to take that time to self-reflect and really think about what it is that your team's expecting of you. So now that you've given some thought to this idea about what your team's expecting of you, now we get to the, the, the critical piece where it's about what are your expectations of your team? And quite often leaders are not quite sure where to start with this. Think, oh, you know, just go and do a good job, or you know, make sure you operate safely, or you know, just don't exceed your budget. It's all very vague. So again, what I'm gonna encourage you to do is link it back to the organizational values, and I want you to look at two key components here. Similar to what we did before. So on the left hand side of your page, just like you list your organizational values, whatever they are, however many there are, and I want you to get very, very, very specific around the result. What result do you want your team to achieve and the individuals in your team to achieve around each of those values? I'll stick with a safety one because it's often one that's uh, simple to, to measure. And one of the things a lot of our clients use, and I'll use a generic term, but it could be safety conversations or safety interactions. It's where they, the supervisor, the manager, the leader has a conversation 
with whoever it may be around, specifically around safety. And then quite often that, that uh, KPI gets cascaded down. So if that is an expectation you have of your team, that very much sits in the result stage. You know, X number of safety conversations per week, per month, however you decide to do it. But what's equally as important is think about what are the behaviours you want that person to see, to demonstrate. Because quite often what happens when we talk about safety in organisations there, we have, oh yeah, I've got to do this, but the way in which people go about it isn't quite where it needs to be. And that's why the behaviours part is so important to this. What behaviours do you want them to demonstrate? What behaviours do you really want them to show their peers? What behaviours do you want them to demonstrate to their, to your customers? So what are all these behaviours? And this is where it gets a little, a little more difficult to articulate because it's not hard and fast tangible as such, but it could be something as simply as when we talk about safety, talk about it in a positive way. When we talk about our KPIs, don't always focus on the negative, focus on the positive. You know, if we're talking about something with our customers, it could be, you know, thinking about the language that we use for our customers. So if you can take the time to actually go through your organisational values, list all the results that you want your people to achieve against each of those organisational values, and then follow that up by behaviours, it's a pretty effective way of setting expectations with your team. Now you've got to remember, of course, that it's obvious that there's going to be certain expectations around the specific job role. Uh, I need to do X safely, I need to produce something in a certain amount of time. There's, of course those expectations are going to be there. But I would like you to consider that the expectations piece, the stuff that's going to inspire people to be the best they can be, isn't going to come from just blindly following a position description, if they have a description which actually reflects what they do. What we want to do is encourage them to be thinking about what are the results, what are the behaviours that they need to achieve against the values, and then obviously they need to meet whatever set in their PD, their job description, their task description, whatever you call it, they need to meet those as well. But I think it's also relevant to focus on that you might have different expectations of your team for individuals. You know, and, and I think this is where the whole idea of performance reviews and, and conversations and how organisations and leaders go about that is really important to consider. But when you are taking time and you're planning to sit down and set some expectations, there's a couple of or a few key questions I think might be valuable for you to ask yourself prior to actually doing it. First is thinking about what's the best way to set expectations with this team member. So some people are visual, some people are auditory, some people like to have lots of words in front of them. We know that people are different. And so I'd like you to think about what's the best way to set it with that particular individual. And I'd like you to step back for a minute and think about what's the quality of your relationship like with that individual. Is it a good relationship? Is it a bad relationship? Is it a relationship that's early on in its development? Is it a relationship that used to be great and is deteriorating? Is it a relationship that used to be bad and is getting better? These are all just examples of the type of relationship you could have. And the reason I'd like you to think about it is it's just going to flavour the way that you go about setting expectations with this particular team member. I'd also like you to think about, do you think this team member is capable of meeting your expectations? A very, very important question. There's no point setting expectations 
if you believe deep down that someone is not capable. All you're doing is setting them up to fail and that's not fair on them, that's not fair on you, that's not fair on the organisation. So I'd really like you to be considering how do you set expectations that are going to be a little bit of a stretch, but at the same time, the person has a legitimate chance of achieving. I'd also like you to think about what resources do you need to provide so that they can be successful and they can achieve what you're expecting from them. There's no point seeing these expectations and then three months later you have a conversation and a boomerangs back to you saying, well, you didn't give me this, therefore I can't meet those expectations. Pretty simple stuff. I'd like you to think about what barriers might get in the way of you setting expectations. Again, this could be something as simple as the quality of your relationship or it could be something such as geography, it could be something as simple as time zone, it could be something as simple as language. But these are all the things we need to be thinking about in terms of what could get in our way of seeing these expectations. I'd also like you to think about how they might react to these expectations. How could they react? If you sit down and you give their, your new expectations, are they going to be happy? Are they going to be disappointed? Are they going to be surprised? What, what, how are they going to react? Because it's important to be, again, pre-planning these conversations. I'm going to ask you to think about, are you completely clear on what you're asking them to achieve? Are you clear in your own mind? Because if you're not clear in your own mind, how are you going to clearly articulate it? Try to get ahead of the game and ask yourself, what questions might they have? What are they going to ask you? So if you will stick with the safety one as an example, if you say that I want you to do X number of you know, safety interactions, conversations a week, they might ask you, why do I have to do that number? Or what's the process that I need to follow? Or how, how do I, why do I have to do that and other people don't have to do that? I'd really like you to be thinking ahead and try to imagine what questions might they have. And then I'm just going to ask you to, to think about the simple thing, which is, do you have all the foundations in place to support you in setting expectations? Have all the inductions been done? Does everyone have clear and relevant job descriptions? Are all the processes clearly defined? Is everyone clear about all of those parts, those foundational parts of the business working relationship? Because if that's not there, when you come to setting expectations, you're not going to be in the best position to do so. And I'd like to note that setting expectations is not a one-way process. It's not just about you saying do this and do that. It's about having an honest conversation. If you're having an honest conversation with your team, with a person in your team, that's how you're going to get the most out of them. That's how you are going to allow them to be the best they can be. So I'd just like to finish the, the, the episode with this idea of commitment and measurement. And look, it's really important that you're committed to this idea of setting expectations, that you are willing to uh, take the time that's going to take to set these expectations, that you are able to do that in a really professional manner. And it's going to require you to do a couple of things. Number one, it's going to require you to communicate effectively. We all know that communication is one of the, the two biggest things which why people engage Synergy Group because they want their leaders to improve their communication. It's going to require you to be comfortable using different types of communication methods. So again, this is have the ability to adapt. It's going to require you to be an effective listener. This isn't a one-way street. It's a two-way street. It's backwards and forwards. It's going to require you to be proficient at delivering and receiving feedback. Feedback is the key to this. And it's going to require you to have the capacity to identify communication barriers. So if you can 
get through each of those five points. So if you can go through those five points, that's going to enable you to be the best you can be in terms of setting clear expectations for your team and then seeing the results that come from them. At the start of this episode, uh, you would have heard in the introduction that I spoke about the curriculum ecosystem and this is the first uh, content episode which has been designed specifically for that. I just wanted to give you the, the quick insight into what the curriculum ecosystem is. So Synergen Group is uh, spending a lot of time and effort in terms of building out what we're calling our curriculum ecosystem. That is going beyond what we traditionally do a lot of, which is face-to-face large group training for organisations. So what you'll find is that part we're using a podcast as a way of adding to our curriculum in that we know some people really like to listen as a way of learning. You'll also find that last year I shot a number of short training videos, which are snapshots. We'll continue to do that because that's another part of our curriculum ecosystem. You'll also find that we are more than happy to send you the printed materials from this because we know some people really like to read and work through the activities. It's another part of our curriculum ecosystem. We'll be looking at doing things later on in the year about webinars and all types of things. And what this does is it gives you a very rich way of learning. It's not solely restricted just to coming along to a face-to-face group training session. It could be one-on-one coaching over the phone. There's a whole range of things that we're starting to build into our programs. And so if you'd like to know anything more about any of those, please feel free to shoot me through an email or reach out to me because it is very much uh, where we are heading and we're very excited about the way that we're able to capture off in all these different mediums how people learn, how people absorb information and retain information. So I hope that uh, excites you as much as it does me. Uh, Looking forward very much to hearing what you think about the setting expectations content. And again, if you're interested in the printed material, shoot me through an email or hit me up on LinkedIn and I'll make sure you get a copy of it. So bye for now. Well, that wraps up episode 54 of the Synergen Leadership Podcast, another content episode for you. And I'd like to encourage you to head on over to the Synergen Group website and engage in the conversation with us. Tell us what you liked about the episode, tell us who you'd like to interview, or tell us what sort of content you'd like us to deliver to you. And if you are an iPhone user, please feel free to head over to the Apple site and leave us a review. In next week's episode, I speak with Scott Stein, who is the author of Leadership Hacks, Clever Shortcuts to Boost Your Impact and Results, and it's another great author interview. So until then, would love to hear what you think, and happy listening.